Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the best I will look right here because of the tan. And then in February, I'll look like you'll pull me out of a river. <laughs> like, and I'm just being big, bloated, veiny, and half dead. So I will ride this out as long as I can. You ride it out, baby. You know, I tried something different this morning. Uh-oh. Because I had heard that cold showers apparently are... Good for you. Yes. So I hear this from my sister-in-law, my wife's mm-hmm. oldest sister, who's like the healthiest person in the world. When she comes to our house, she just grazes on the lawn outside. She just we let her out, and she like you don't she, need a landscaper, right? Yeah. She she picks the berries off of trees. You know everything very organic. So she tells me she's like, you know, these cold showers, they're great for you. You know, they help you wake up. They get your blood flowing. Yeah. It helps with your mood. It helps with if you're trying to lose weight. It helps with that, too, somehow because of whatever. So I'm like, oh, she's got to be full of it, right? <laughs> so then I start reading about it. I'm like, oh, she's right. Look yeah. at all this stuff. So this morning at 3.15 in the morning, I'm going to try this cold shower. Let me, let me try this cold shower. I could not last for more than <laughs> two and a half seconds before I cranked that thing <laughs> right up to as hot as possible. What a miserable experience that was. How what? that could put anybody in a good mood is beyond me. Oh, it's my. an acquired taste. Oh. It, it, it is definitely something you have to get used to. But she's correct. And, and what I miss, and I, I would love to do it now, even though it's excruciating pain, is the cold tub. After a nice two-a-day oh, yeah. practice, jump in that cold tub, Put these little things on your on your toes so you, you won't be uh, frostbitten. But uh, you, you jump in there, man. After about a minute, everything's numb, so you're cool. But that first that minute, it, it takes a while yeah. to, to get used to. Well, so. that to me makes more sense. I feel like because you're out there, you're working, you're hot. When's mm-hmm. the first thing that happens in the morning? It's just yeah. impossible. So I will not be doing. So that. You, you you lasted about a second. That's yeah, it? just just about. That's it. I'll never. I'm never gonna do that. Yeah, again. that's tough. Never. That, that, that is extremely tough. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story, and then we'll get on to some things that are more important. Yeah. But when I, I first got married, and we we lived in the DR for uh, for most of the time, they didn't have hot water, oh. and so we renovated a, a place we acquired over there. That's like, we have to get hot water. Hot water, and that was uh, it, it was a chore. To explain to my wife why the hell you need hot water. Wow. Because I grew up with hot water. As as we wore it, we, at least we had hot water. And they were just used to it. Just wow. cold water. Man. I, and, and the same experience you have. Are they happier people? They are very happy. Okay. Matter of fact, I got them. My father-in-law and mother-in-law, their Christmas present one year was hot water. Oh, wow. How about that? What a treat. Huh? Welcome to the rest of the world. Yeah. Here's some hot water for you. <laughs> no more yeah. cold showers for us. <laughs> All right, so on to something more serious. So the the classic Friday news dump happens with the NFL. It's Friday afternoon, and the Ezekiel Elliott suspension becomes official. Six games 
because of a combination, I guess, of their domestic violence policy and the personal conduct policy. Six games for Ezekiel Elliott. And when I first heard it, I was stunned. I honestly was. And it reminded me of the Ben Roethlisberger suspension because that was also six games and under a condition if he did this and that and the NFL felt like he was making strides, you're going to knock it down to four. I don't know if the NFL is going to do that here with Ezekiel Elliott, but it was also no charges for Ben, no charges here for Ezekiel Elliott, and six games. And I would be okay with this suspension if I thought that the NFL was really doing the right thing for the right reasons. But what I think that they're doing, once again, is convenient for them because of what has happened in the past, coupled with how they want to be perceived. For example, they didn't look at this situation as we have to get this right because we don't want our players doing certain things. They looked at this situation like we have to make sure that we send a message here. This is an opportunity for us to make sure that we can show everybody that we're not messing around because of what happened with the Ray Rice situation, because of what happened with Josh Brown. Here's this next one on the conveyor belt. We're going to come down heavy-handed, and we're going to stick by it because all the stuff that happened in the past and all the criticism we got. Just like they did with the New England Patriots where – Roger Goodell was criticized for Spygate and how that was a slap mm-hmm. on the wrist. And then the deflated footballs thing comes along and he goes, aha, this is my opportunity to get that pound of flesh that I should have gotten then that I got criticized for. So we've talked about this case a lot. And the Ezekiel Elliott camp has come out and said that they have cherry picked certain things to make their case. And they're right because they have left out a lot of stuff like a witness who signed an affidavit saying that the victim told her to lie to the police. That's not anywhere in their letter. That's not anywhere in there. So, to me, I don't know exactly what happened. But I can tell you this much. This suspension has nothing to do with domestic violence. It has everything to do with the NFL trying to look a certain way because they screwed something up in the past. Wow, well said. And you listen to the NFL's side of the story, and they would say Ezekiel at his camp, they offered up all these different theories. Uh, They offered up so many different theories, but yet they provided no proof. Well, the NFL is guilty of that as well. And you can tell me, and and, and, and you read this, you you have a young lady in a situation over a six-day period in which there are bruises that are acquired over that that period, and, and and it looks as though something happened here. And, and and why would you put yourself, and I'm not blaming the victim here, uh, but you put yourself back into that situation after the first time, after the second time, after the third time. And and, and I've, I've heard these stories, and, and, and I, I, I'm, I've seen what occurs, and you feel like you have nowhere else to go, turn, uh, nowhere else to go. But you look at the NFL's case, and there's so many things that go unanswered, and, and they say the same thing about Ezekiel Elliott and his camp, his representatives. And, and then what really disturbed me is you have the prosecution there, the, the district attorney in Columbus, and they decided there were conflicting stories here, and so we can't bring charges against Ezekiel Elliott. Well, which one is it? 
is, is the district attorney in that community, are they right or is it the NFL? Or are they correct? And if there's conflicting testimony here, how can you hand down such a, a, a suspension of six games to this young man when he's, it's not been proven without, you know, within reasonable doubt that something went on? How can you hand out that type of – that suspension, six game, is, is supposedly reserved for those who are guilty. That's what the, the NFL has said in the past after the Ray Rice incident. That's for those who are guilty. What is he guilty of? Now, you can say you, you look at the situation, her testimony alone, and, and you look at the injuries, and you something occurred here. Okay, something occurred. But there's conflicting testimony. You're saying something occurred. You have another witness. You don't even put in your, your, your evidence, your proof that something occurred here who said – she, as you said, she was told to lie. If someone was told to lie, how are you going to hand down a guilty suspension of six games? It, it doesn't jive. Yeah, it's the personal conduct policy, and I think this is the biggest thing to me that the players need to fight for when that collective bargaining agreement comes up. And I know that you talk about guaranteed contracts. It's, it's not going to happen. Uh, you think about some of the franchise tag stuff. That, too, they need to fight for. But they gave Roger Goodell the ability to do this, and he continues to do it. And then he'll hide behind, well, these are the people that did the investigation, this or that. And they know that they don't have to do anything because how many – or they know that they can get away with this because how many times have we seen it go through the courts and then eventually it ends up in their favor because of the language in this personal right. conduct policy. So I think that this – is another one of these Roger Goodell taking on the biggest of the big that probably won't work out for him in the long run. He took on Robert Kraft. He is probably still chapped, even though they went and won a Super Bowl about that. Now he's taking on Jerry Jones, and this is not good for business for him in in the long run, even though he thinks he's doing the right thing. Well, it's interesting, and we've discussed this previously. Jerry Jones comes out, and and he says, I've seen all the evidence, and there's no there there. This is a nothing burger, I believe is his his, uh, quote. There's nothing here, and yet you have a six-game suspension, and he saw everything that that prosecutor in Columbus saw. He saw everything that the NFL has seen, and yet his – Star running back is now suspended for for six games. So uh, there's egg on his face, uh, and and then you look at the league and and where they leave out so much in in their report, uh, and yet you have this draconian suspension against this young man. If he's guilty, it is he should be suspended. I'm with you 100. percent If he did this, if he uh, he he is the he's the cause of all his injuries to this young lady, he should be suspended. But there's so many answers that are, uh, questions that are unanswered, and there's a reason the prosecution there uh, didn't file charges because you have conflicting testimony. So for down the league who says we're going to hand down a, a, a suspension of this type when someone's guilty of these charges to go and act as if he's guilty when there's conflicting evidence, uh, it's mind-boggling. It's baffling to me. And say what you want about Deadspin, of course, it's uh, an entertainment website, but there is a a column there by a woman named Diana Moskowitz, I believe her name is, who brings up a a very interesting point. She says the the major difference between the Greg Hardy case, the uh, Ray Rice case, and the Josh Brown case was that the alleged victim cooperated only in this Ezekiel Elliott case. And in the other times, the NFL 
when they couldn't get cooperation from the victim, would get angry. And in their words, you know, be upset with the victim. I wouldn't say blame exactly, but mm-hmm. uh, they would be upset and say without the cooperation of the alleged, they'd get angry because they couldn't talk to this person. But the Ezekiel Elliott victim was more than willing to to speak with them. So now all of a sudden, boom, six games right off the bat. Does that not set like the worst precedent in the world for these cases going forward? So basically, if you just step up and go, yeah, I'll cooperate with you, NFL. You NFL, you're the best. What do you need to know? Come on in, as opposed to these other ones. I mean, you can't just base the length of the suspension on whether or not someone is going to cooperate in your investigation or not. What they did here was they saw an opportunity and they would rather be criticized for a longer suspension than a shorter one again because they've already heard that. They don't want to hear that you don't take this seriously anymore. They don't want to hear that. So what they did with this one, despite the fact that he's not guilty, not charged, and they did their own investigation, they said, We'll hide behind this personal conduct policy, and we found enough here. They even put the shirt-ripping down thing, I think, to to hide behind that as well because that falls under the guidelines of the personal conduct policy. They put up that wall, and they said, six games, deal with it. Now what, America? Look at us. (laughs) We're cleaning up the league. No one's going to hit anybody ever again because the NFL is here to save the day. Well, it was definitely an opportunity for them to be heavy-handed in their response, and that's exactly what they did. And there's still uh, so many things that need to be answered. There's so much evidence that wasn't put forward by the NFL, and hopefully Ezekiel Elliott and his camp, uh, if we are to believe he and his camp, they will offer that evidence, and we can get a clearer picture of what actually went on there. Uh, but to have all these folks, you, you expect his parents to come out and, and defend their son, uh, then to have Jerry Jones come out and, and, and the representatives and the, the, the district attorney there in that mun- municipality to come out say there's nothing here there's conflicting evidence and now the the league is on the opposite side of all of that and to say yeah there is something here and we're going to give this guy a suspension that's usually reserved for those who are 100 percent guilty uh, just makes no sense and and as a dallas cowboys fan I, I leave that out of the equation that doesn't bother me what bothers me is that the league has not proved their case here yeah, and they they haven't, and the evidence they have given to me is insufficient for such a long suspension. I mean, I wouldn't be happy with a, a one- or two-game suspension because I don't think that there's enough there, especially when you've got the lying witness, who was an affidavit was signed, and also there are text messages, I'm going to ruin your career. I mean, that's something also that has to be taken into account and was taken into account, I'm sure, in the police investigation, and and by no means do I know what happened. I don't know what right. happened, but that's the point. And the NFL did this investigation. They gave us what they believed was the story and then suspended him for six games when they don't know the facts either. So I just, it's not going to end until the Players Association steps up and says that, you know, this is just, this is too much. I mean, we cannot have the commissioner and the people that are underneath him deciding when they want to suspend the best players in our league when it's convenient for them. And that's what's happened with Tom Brady. That's what's happening right now with Ezekiel Elliott. And it doesn't happen in any other sport, that's for sure. This stuff does not even – you don't even come close to this type of stuff in any other sport. 
it's interesting that you mentioned that because I was thinking about that over over the weekend when once this was handed down and, and you're right it doesn't occur in any other sports and and it's not to say that there are missteps by other athletes in other sports because there are uh, and and it's the league for what some reason and I know they go to great lengths to protect the brand I understand that you've gone uh, you've been building this brand for 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 decades and if there's one league that that goes the extra mile to protect and shield it's the NFL but uh, the manner in which they treat their their athletes their members uh, it, it's it's astonishing to me because the other leagues it, it's, it's more reverential. And when need be, yeah, uh, you know they'll they'll lay down the boom on a particular player. But it seems as though the the league, the NFL, uh, they love doing this. It's it's about the guys here in New York, it's, it, and more so than it is about the players around the country. And it's just amazing. Uh, we we never have this discussion where we're talking about other players. We had the situation here with uh, was it Sevalosius? Is that how, am I pronouncing yeah, it right? Yeah, Sevalosius. Yeah, the the foul, the the Hawks when they were here a couple years ago and had the incident at the nightclub, and it turned out they were right, and the and the, the police officers were wrong, and, and they sued the the city, and, and they won. And, and yet, there were no personal conduct discussions uh, within the NBA about that situation. They allowed it to play out. Turns out the players were right. If it was the NBA or the NFL, those guys would have probably been suspended. They would have been fine. And, and, and they were right. Well, I mean, so this personal conduct uh, policy that's uh, at, at play here with the NFL, uh, it, it's difficult to understand in the way it is administered. Uh, it seems as though it, it's too heavy-handed, too draconian, uh, often uh, too much uh, than, than being a, a, a policy that really wants to look out for its players. It's more looking out for that shield, that brand, than it is for the players. And I don't know why they can't take each one of these individually and figure it out right. in a vacuum as opposed to having other things that have happened influence what they're doing. And you cannot tell me that is not at play here. Of course it is. We just went through last summer another one of these. How could the NFL have blown this thing with Josh Brown? It never seems like they get it right. They're just trying to cover up for what they did in the past. And the same the reactive, thing, not proactive, yes. And it's the same damn thing with Tom Brady and the Patriots. That's exactly what they did with that stupid deflated football thing because of what happened with Spygate, and he saw that as an opportunity. The same thing is happening here. Did the NFL get this Ezekiel Elliott suspension right or not? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Lines are open. Chris Lepresti in today with an update. You'll hear that next. Some more NFL news. Keep it right here. Give us a call right now. 855-212-4CBS. Taking your calls on Ezekiel Elliott suspension. Did the NFL do the right thing or not? 855-212-4CBS. We'll get to those calls right after this. Chris LaPress, the update. CeeLo! What's happening, man? How you been? I've been fine, gentlemen. How have you been? Doing well. Terrible. I haven't seen Gio around much. I was here last week. Yeah. Looking nice and suntanned over there. Took a full week off. Nice. The last two years, I think I left a combined 20 vacation days Oh, so you're saying that to make me feel Oh, you were crazy. And... And this year, I said, no, no, no. 
Mm. I'm, not, I'm not doing it. I, ha- I was inspired. There you I go. was inspired by the man to my right. <laughs> I said, if he's doing it, why am I not doing it? That's what they're I, for, right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> you, you took more than the allotted amount last yes, year. Yes, I did. And you've done a good 20-something shows in other locations. Yeah. And I was stuck in this room. Looking around in that newsroom with the mold and the depression that is just dripping down the walls. And I said, why am I spending more time here than I have to be spending here? So I took another week of vacation. I go. saw Brian Friday morning, and the last thing I said to him was, what country are you spending this weekend? <laughs> I think he cursed me under his breath. Well, not, nothing's under his breath. Right. He not, not a thing. Anyway. What do you got in sports, man? Top of the ninth at the stadium last <laughs> night. Yankees Stadium, that is. I'm about to curse you again, man. Yanks leading the Red Sox 2-1. to one. Closer, Araldis Chapman. Ugh. Pitching to 20-year-old Boston rookie, Raphael Devers. It was a 1-2 count. Advantage Chapman, right? Swing and a high fly, left center field. Hicks going back, back to the fence. It's gone! A home run! 20-year-old Raphael Devers ties the game at two. He hits it in the Yankee bullpen. Can you believe it? Joe Castiglione, Red Sox Radio Network. So the kid takes Chapman deep on a 103-mile-per-hour fastball. The Yankees then stranded the winning run at third base in the bottom of the ninth. Take it to the 10th. RBI single from Andrew Benintendi off of Tommy Canely. Red Sox that come back to shock the Yanks 3-2. to two. They win the series two games to one. They take a season-high five-and-a-half game lead atop the AL East. Yanks have to put it behind them, get ready for the Subway Series. Four big games against the Mets beginning tonight in the Bronx. Meantime, in Washington, the Nationals needed this to split a day-night doubleheader with the last place Giants. The kick and Suarez pitch. Swing and a high fly ball. Deep left center field. This will end the game. And it is gone. Goodbye. It's a grand slam. Home run for Howie Kendrick. Walk-off bomb in the 11th. Nats took the nightcap from San Francisco. 6-2. to two. Charlie Slow's final call. Nats Radio Network. Giants won the opener 4-2. to two. Earlier Sunday, some somewhat encouraging news for Washington. No structural damage to Bryce Harper's knee from that ugly-looking spill he took Saturday where he slipped on first base. He does have a bad bone bruise, though, that lands him on the DL, hoping to be back by the end of the regular season. Elsewhere, Cubs beat the Diamondbacks 7-2. to The Dodgers won yet again 6-4 to over the Padres. Couple of Justin Turner home runs. Angels double up the Mariners 4-2. Anaheim is now holding down the second wildcard spot in the American League. Marlins beat the Rockies 5-3. Giancarlo Stanton, his major league leading 42nd homer of the season. That matches the Marlins franchise record. It was also the 250th of his career. He's homered in four straight for Miami. He also had the Indians topping the Rays 4-3 behind Corey Kluber, who picked up his 11th win. At Quail Hollow, Justin Thomas put together a seven-hole stretch where he birdied four times to take the outright lead. He'd add another birdie on 17 and finish an eight under par overall, he cruised to a two shot win at the PGA Championship. I had a great opportunity to win today, but I just knew that no matter what my game uh, was at on the first tee, I just needed to be patient, and uh, I felt like I was. I had the game to get it done. It's just a matter of if I did or not. He did for the first major title of his career. Fourth tour victory of the season. That was Thomas courtesy of CBS Sports. From college football, Florida suspending seven players for its season opener against Michigan September 2nd. Most notably, star wideout Antonio Callaway. This apparently stems from the players making improper charges on their student ID cards at the school bookstore and then turning around and selling those <laughs> items for some cash. I like it. How about so, that? Been there, done that. Yeah, you just <laughs> didn't get caught, say, though, I guess. Right? No yeah. There you go. And you had, uh, of course, two more apparent NFL protesters over the weekend. Marshawn Lynch Friday night with the Raiders. Lynch's former teammate Michael Bennett with the Seahawks. Last night, they both sat down for the national anthem. Raiders head coach Jack Del Rio said he spoke to Lynch. 
told him he feels strongly about standing for the anthem, but will respect Lynch as a man, let him do his thing. Lynch apparently told Del Rio he's been doing this for years now. I'm not sure how we all missed that. As for Bennett, he spoke after his team's win over the Chargers, said he hopes his stance will cause others to go out and get involved in changing their community. He referenced recent events, including the horrific scene down in Charlottesville, Virginia, over the weekend. You still hate your kid? No. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you brought that up. Right. You know? no, you, you it's time don't. to put the hate behind us. Okay. All right. Good. No, he's a lot of fun now. All right. Oh, it's yeah. fun now. He is. How old is he? He is 15 months. Okay. I would say right around six months, things right. started to, to take a turn for the better. All right. That's, uh, that's yes. a good thing. You don't have to smack that. him around anymore? No, he All smacks right. me around now. <laughs> You're not nearly works. as interesting now, so yeah, let's yeah, get I'll out. I'll go away. All right. Thanks. All right. That's Chris Lepresti with sports. 855-212-4CBS. Jeremy in Alabama joins us on CBS Sports Radio. Good morning, Jeremy. Man, y'all wait until I get down my second set working out to <laughs> get to me. I'm about out of breath. Is that after your cold shower? <laughs> no, I don't I don't take showers in the morning because I'm about to get right out in the sun and get some work on. Come there on. You go. Well, so why even have a judicial system if nobody's going to abide by the, what they rule, right? So if the NFL deems it necessary to do this, then, you know, where are they going to stop? Just like you said earlier, this sets a crazy precedent for what's going to happen, you know, later on. But um, if they found him not guilty, and they, why would you even want to step in? Why do you even have talks with somebody if it came to an end? I think that they were just wanting to have closure from this whole situation sooner and go ahead and make a ruling. Well, that, that's the think. problem, Jeremy, and it's double jeopardy, even with the Ray Rice situation. And you had those authorities down in, in Atlantic City, and they charged Ray Rice whatever they charged him with. And the, the, the system needs to change at that level. Uh, the, 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 whatever the penalties are going to be, they need to change uh, at, at, at the local level. Uh, the, NBA, the NFL should not come in and then say, well, we're going to charge you again or suspend you again after you've already uh, received whatever sentence or whatever fine from the, the authorities uh, that are in control of that jurisdiction. And, and with the Ray Rice situation, uh, everything happened there in Atlantic City. He was charged. He, he went through everything he was supposed to do as far as uh, whatever they laid out ahead of him moving forward. And then the league comes in and they see a, the video. And, and yes, a horrific video. And then they levy more charges after they had already announced, what was it, two games? And yeah. then they, they expanded that, of course. And then the, the Ravens, of course, uh, released the young man. Uh, so uh, this double jeopardy needs to stop. You, you have your personal conduct uh, policy. Well, it, it, which, which, is, which supersedes which? Is, is it the legal Authorities, is is that what we're going to follow, and and are we going to follow your personal conduct policy? And the legal authorities here in Columbus said there was conflicting evidence, so we cannot bring charges against this young man. Yet you go out and you do your own investigation, and you say, well, we are going to bring charges essentially, and we're going to suspend you six games. We're going to cost you over half a million dollars of salary. Just that's double jeopardy, and 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 that's not how our legal system is supposed to work. I would have no problem with the NFL doing their own investigation if I felt like they were doing the right thing with the investigators conducting the investigation. When I first found out that the NFL had this new task force, if you will, I thought that it would be used in situations where someone was arrested and charged 
and maybe there was a plea deal of some sort and then they didn't serve any jail time or they were charged and then there was a monetary settlement of some sort or the the victim, as we saw in the Greg Hardy case, not to bring all of this up again, but the victim doesn't show up, but the guy was charged. He was actually convicted of a crime and the mm-hmm. judicial system, because of those loopholes, didn't do its job, but someone was arrested and charged and was right. in court. And then the NFL said, okay, we can't just say because the charges were dropped that this person doesn't get a suspension because of this, 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 and this that we have. I never thought it would get to a point where guys who aren't arrested and aren't charged with crimes are getting six games. That never entered my mind as a possibility, but because of the personal conduct policy, they could do whatever the hell they want. Right, yeah. And And, and, and they're they're taking advantage of it. They're doing whatever the hell they want, and it just doesn't... It doesn't smell right. It doesn't sound right. And, and once again, if Ezekiel is guilty of this, hell yeah, he, he should be punished. If he's guilty of this, I'm with you 100%. He should be punished. He should have been sentenced. Uh, he should have gone to court, trial, whatever. But to, for the league now to swoop in and, and do this uh, other investigation and they come up with a different outcome than the, the uh, legal authorities there, the district attorney, it just doesn't sit well and right with me. Coming up next, Cincinnati Bearcats head football coach Luke Fickle joins us live very early in the morning. (laughs) Keep it right here. Listen to Tiki and Tierney weekdays between 3 and 6 Eastern for your chance to win Guns N' Roses tickets right here on CBS Sports Radio. Luke Fickle, Cincinnati head football coach. Luke, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good morning, guys. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Paul Green. Former teammates, I've got... Kind of had to play to actually be a teammate. But, uh, <laughs> you were a teammate, I mean, man. Many opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we could question whether or not we were playing either. Those bad teams I was on there in New Orleans, man. <laughs> so uh, you, you, you were you were a teammate. Come on, you were there, baby. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> you probably don't want to clam them, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, we, we we were we played some horrible football, and ho- hopefully uh, <laughs> your Bearcats will do better than that four and eight record they had last year. That's the uh, that's the expectation, and and uh, that's the way we've been working at it. So um, I know we got a different attitude, different mentality, and uh, you know it's an exciting time. Why was this the right job for you, Luke? Well, several reasons. It was in timing for me and my family was uh, was right, but then obviously the proximity to uh, to what I know and the, the places I know for as far as recruiting and where I grew up, um, I think gives it. Uh, and then a team with the past, a team with the future. And I really believe you can not only just have success here like some guys have done, but you can sustain success here because of, you know, the, the recruiting base and, and what you have an opportunity within your 50 miles or even a 300-mile radius. The experience that you had as an interim head coach at Ohio State to what you're doing now, is there anything that you can take from that that you can apply here? Were the circumstances so incredibly different that there's really – not a lot you can take from that. No, there's an incredible amount. I mean, yes, the circumstances were different, but you know, it's still. I mean, this is a this is an ADD world, and you got to win now, and you got to do things right now. So, whether it was a one year or seven month interim, um, still the uh, the pressures and the things of what you had to do to be successful uh, were there. And then, I mean, you you can't. I got a I got about an eight year experience of being a head coach in inside of seven or eight months. Just with things to uh, you know to do at preparing a program and a team and, and how you handle a lot of things. 
Yeah, that's true. You you took over once Coach Trestle was out and 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 uh, had to steer that ship. So uh, when you look at this roster, what's the most glaring issue, uh, if you will, for your Bearcats? I think it starts with depth. You know, I really do believe that. I mean, the development of young guys. Uh, you know, you've got a, a core of guys that you can go out there and say, "Hey, you're 22. Uh, you got a good chance." You know, I mean, guys that stay healthy and and do things the way you want them to do it. But, you know, once you get past that, I think development is, is so critical. And, uh, you know, some people overlook that. They think that, hey, well, hey, they got they got two All-Americans and they got three All-League players. Yeah, but what do they have, you know, to being developed in, in behind those things? Because, you know, as you go through a season, man, it takes a lot more. It's, it's not going to be 22. I mean, how good are you going to be on special teams with those guys that are developing? So, you know, I think, you know, up front is going to be a key. And then the development of our guys that – young guys that can go in there and play for us. G. Owen Jones with Luke Fickle, who is now the Cincinnati Bearcats head football coach. I saw that you keep in your wallet a prediction from one magazine that has you sixth, finishing sixth in the East Division of the AAC, which is last, and you use that as as motivation. Do you think that is the best motivator for you and the players, the everybody's against us, nobody believes in you narrative? I know it is for me. And every kid we have is a bit different. Um, if they were all motivated like me, it'd be, it'd be great. But, uh, you know, there's some that, some that like a little more positives. But, uh, no, I know, I know this, and, and I'm the leader of the ship. And to be every single day where you've got to get these guys going and you've got to motivate, whether it's your players or your coaches, um, to me the most important thing is that i got the motivation. And to have that not just in my wallet but on my desk and in my car is, is something that reminds me. And, you know, again, since I was a kid, that's the way I was motivated. Tell me I can't do something and, and that's the first thing I want to go do. So, uh, you know, be the leader of it. I think the number one most important thing is that I'm motivated more than anybody. Luke, when did you get the coaching bug? Did you know at a very young age or after your, your college career and, and uh, that, that you wanted to get into coaching? No, not really. I never, never, until football was taken away. And to be honest with you, it was sitting kind of in New Orleans, you know, working out with you sometimes, but no, um, <laughs> no, really it just, it was that it was, yeah. it was seeing how, what an impact your coach has had on you your whole life, whether it was, you know, junior high, high school, college, and then to take it to that next level and just not, you know, it, it, it changed. And, and I thought that, my goodness, what, what an impact those guys had on me. And I know the NFL was a different, it was a business, but I think it really opened my eyes um, to what those guys had done for me my entire life. And, and literally sitting there and, in uh, Lacrosse, Wisconsin, <laughs> we were in camp. When things when I when I got hurt, I started thinking, "Oh my goodness!" Like I got to start thinking about a future, and mm-hmm. I don't think going to going to med school like I had originally said was what I wanted to do. You mentioned before that we live in an ADD world, and it was in reference to things have to happen now when it comes to winning. But I also think that there's a lot of players now that are just everything happens at a snap of a finger. How can you, with that many players, as a college football head coach get a message that resonates with almost everybody how do you go about doing that well you can't do it by yourself i think you got to have the right people around you and i think that's really 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 important and you know to be completely aligned in what you're doing and the guys around you believe in it you know because it's still about 18 to 22 year olds and we want to push them and we want to drive them but if they don't trust us and they don't believe that this is the right place even though we're working them hard you know, that's when those guys, you know, you're right. They all of a sudden, they don't, they don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's where you see all these guys transferring and leaving. And, you know, I mean, heck, they've been the best player 
probably since the time they're about seven, eight, nine, ten years old. And now they walk into a place where they're being asked to do some things and, you know, some new people. And, and that's what's tough here, you know, because they've, they've had, you know, a bunch of different coaches in the last few years. So, um, yes, it's, it's making, to me, total alignment from the, from the uh, entire coaching staff. And I think that's, to me, what gives us an opportunity. Well, Luke, you mentioned something. These guys, they're getting pressed. Unlike when we were coming up, you get pressed at such a young age now. I mean, some of these cats are being recruited when they're in junior high. So you get them on campus. Back in the day, the de-recruiting would take place. It was the upperclassmen that did that. Is is that still the, the same deal where the upperclassmen have to do that and then not so much the coaches? No, I don't think so. I mean, to be honest with you, this we're going to make the program so darn tough that uh, those guys have really got to bond and stick together. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, the de-recruiting side of things, yes, recruiting is this, but it depends on how you recruit them. Mm-hmm. And I know we didn't recruit a lot of these kids here because, you know, we just walked in the door and we've got what we've got. But, you know, in the recruiting process, to me, it comes down to, hey, what is your philosophy? I, I'm, I tell them right now, if they're coming here to have a 42-year-old best friend, they're coming to the wrong place. You know, and if they're looking for a guy to be an extension to push him to drive him to sometimes think that I'm completely out of my mind, um, but know we care, then 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 they're in the right place. So I think it has a lot to do with how you bring them in and what their expectations are. Gio and Jones with Luke Fickle on CBS Sports Radio. Will you be wearing an Ohio State T-shirt underneath your Bearcats windbreaker when you go to Michigan on September 9th? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I do tell them I don't coach this. Though. I pay my alumni do, so you know, I, I still get I still get to throw out those things that everybody else does. But I think I'll be quite a bit busy and uh, not, have a, not have nearly as much of an eye on it. But uh, I'll always pull for him. Yeah, I was like, wow, man, dude gets a new head coaching job. He can't get away from his rival, Michigan. Second game of the season. Of course, you're not overlooking Austin P. But uh, wow, I mean, there they are. Did you notice that as soon as you took the job? <laughs> I can be honest with you. I don't know that I knew that until I got there to the uh, to the announcement of the job. So <laughs> I'd say I did some homework, but I might not have done the homework on the future schedule. Um, not that it would have changed my mind of any reason, but uh, maybe that was also something that gave me a little leg in there. They thought, uh, hey, if anything, he knows these guys better than anybody. So it's just exciting. I read that when you had a little bit of downtime, you took your family to the Outer Banks in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and you drove. You started driving at eleven o'clock at night, all the way through to eleven in the morning. Did you do all the driving yourself on that trip? Oh yeah, you're yeah. a maniac. When you got six kids, the more they're up, the <laughs> the more crazy it is. So <laughs> there, there are some there are some things you got to do with uh, two year olds in a car seat and, and whatever's best <laughs> is. Uh, does not always seem sane or normal. So it's a respite for you to go to work, right? <laughs> oh, darn right. I needed a vacation from my vacation when I got back. <laughs> do, you, do you ever let your wife drive or what? <laughs> yeah, there, there could be some times. But, uh, See, I don't. I, don't. Do well. I can't stand her when she drives. I don't do real drives. well as a passenger, so unless, uh, <laughs> unless I'm falling asleep or... or it's too late at night for something else, and otherwise I'm going to be driving. So, so the team bus, you going to drive that? <laughs> you know, honestly, God, on the way back here to higher ground last night, I was looking at my phone as we were right on the bus, and I'm like, my goodness, I wish I could drive, but I think <laughs> you told me that you, you can't do that. So. <laughs> you are nuts, man. <laughs> Luke, uh, Nippert Stadium is pretty cool because it's on campus, and the fans could be right on top of you, and when that place is, is full – it can be something else. Have have you thought about the home field advantage and, and how to build it and to make sure that 
that everybody's there and, and to make that intimidating place? Well, we've really, really, really tried to embrace the community. And I know they have in the past, um, but really just trying to get back to embracing the community. I, I hate to say this, but I'm, I'm you know, maybe too honest at times. I haven't ever played in Nippert. So I'm incredibly excited about Austin P, and, and I've heard so much about, you know, the, the atmosphere and the things in there. And that's one of the big reasons why even our spring game, I said, no, we're playing in the stadium. That's why last Saturday we went, this, just two days ago, we went back and had our scrimmage in the stadium because I want to get a feel for being in there. I want those guys to get a feel for being in there. Um, but uh, I think it's going to be a big deal for us to, you know, to be able to put an atmosphere in there that, our kids are, are, you know, not just a home field advantage, but excited about too. Uh, Luke, how do you navigate the new rules now in, in coaching as far as the padded practice and things of that nature? How can you still build a tough-minded football team when you're limited in those areas? Uh, again, it, it, so much of that is developed in the off season, and that's what I, you know, that's what uh, you know was one of the biggest things that you had to do. I mean, I had brought in uh, a strength coach guy that you know had the same philosophy as me. Because you're right, you are limited in a lot of those things. But where your, to me, where your culture is developed is in that weight room. And I think we've, we had a little construction and a little situation here that, that really kind of is going to benefit us big time. We had, <laughs> we had to throw our weight room inside the, our bubble out there and, uh, uh, on our practice field. And so all summer, we kept the, the uh, doctors and stuff kept coming and say, "Hey, man, it's it's too hot out there. We can't really work out out there. And we got to be careful." And, you know, that goofy old-minded wrestler that I am, I'm like, what's wrong with it being 100 and some degrees in, <laughs> in there and working out? So right. I, I think those kinds of things um, really help develop the, the, the mindset and the toughness, you know, because you know how it is. It's, the mental toughness is what you got to develop more than anything. Yeah. The, the physical toughness of this game, if you don't see it on film, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to bite as a pup, they're going to bite. And, you know, so to me, 90% of it is developing that mental toughness to what it is that we're doing. And, and a lot of that can be done in the offseason. Hey, Luke, thanks for the time this morning. Best of luck this year. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thanks, my man. Luke Fickle, Cincinnati Bearcats head football coach. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Getting a crack at it with a team that is... On the rise is the nice way to say it. Uh, we, 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 we were C4-8 last year, and but you look at Butch Jones and, and Brian Kelly, what they were able to accomplish there, and, of course, parlayed those, uh, that job into a gig at Notre Dame and, and Tennessee. Tommy Tuberville, not so much. <laughs> not so much is no. right. Every I saw a couple headlines surrounding Luke Fickle, and the, the same word is used as re-energized mm. the program. So I guess the, it was a little sleepy over there that – Tuberville. You go four and eight. Regime. You're you're sleeping. Coming up next, more kneeling during the anthem. What could be worse in this world? It's G. Owen Jones coming right back. CBS Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.